1: slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: hi i'm jake from locked on what do the teams you root for your music
0: playlists and your podcast feeds all have in common spoiler alert they're a reflection of you and that's what the state farm personal price plan has in common too it gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you so you can see more of yourself in everything you love Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability and eligibility may vary.
1: You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts
2: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into today's episode of Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Angel by Stephen Reed of Stampede Blue, is we ready to answer all your mailbag questions. We submitted them, I believe it was on Friday when I put this out there, so I appreciate everyone for getting all these questions in over the weekend. Looks like around 14 to 15 questions, Stephen. So let's start off here. I mean, we're a few days out of the offseason before we dive into the mailbag. Just what's your overall thoughts on this offseason as we get closer to that? Because I know. We're still, like, around seven weeks away from free agency. But, I mean, man, this offseason is super important for this Colts team, it seems like.
0: Yeah, Chris Ballard is going to have a lot of important decisions to make with uh, current players that their contracts are expiring. You've got some big names coming off the books, um, not to mention, obviously, Anthony Costanzo announcing his retirement. So he's got some – Chris Ballard's got some work to do. um, And that that large amount of cap money that they have is going to get eaten up pretty quickly especially if he does what he, he says that he likes to do is resign his own. Um, so we should we, – we're probably going to be looking at some turnover here on the roster, but um, – and it's going to be interesting just to see how they make it work.
2: Let's start off with this mailback, Steve. We're going to go wrap up fire through some of these questions. We've got some interesting ones. We've got an Andrew Luck one in here that I'll talk about later on. But first one here on Twitter is from at from Kent, at Ken09393390. He asks, What's your thoughts on trading for Sam Darnold? Personally, in my opinion, if the Colts feel like the draft's not a good, like a good option for trading up, or they just feel like it costs too much to get a Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or not, never got by guys like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. I like Sam Darnold as a reclamation project. He's younger than Joe Burrow. He's only 23 years old. I think him staying behind Philip Rivers for a year makes a lot of sense, and you could really have him and Easton battled out in 2022 for that starting job. I think it makes sense that the cost is right. I mean, I'd probably even give up like a third-round pick for Sam Darnold. I, I think he has high upside in the right system. But what do, what do you think, Stephen? I think, honestly, it seems like from what Adam Schechter said, guy, they hired Robert Sala, that it seems like the Jets want to keep Sam Darnold around. They might even trade back the number two pick for a bounty of picks and try to rebuild this roster around Darnold. They had the 49ers off, uh, quarterback's coach going there as well, so it's going to be a Kyle Ham. Kyle Shanahan type assistant for Darnold, but let's say they go in the direction of Zach Wilson or Justin Fields on draft night. Are you intrigued at all by the possibility of Darnold in a Colts uniform?
0: Yeah. When it comes to Sam Darnold, I'm looking at it and I say, what's the compensation? Um, Because if you're looking at giving up a first or second round pick, then I say, no, I don't think that that's a good, good bet for the Colts. I, I do think that he has a lot of promise. And as with the other quarterbacks that were in Adam with under Adam Gase, um, and then went somewhere else and, and excelled. I think that that could be the case for Sam Darnold, uh, but overall, I, I think it comes down to compensation. If you're looking at a round three pick, then that's pretty intriguing to to go and get a guy who's young, who is very talented, and has never really had a lot of weapons around him. This would, I mean, obviously it's the Jets. So coming to the Colts would be just night and day for him in terms of a franchise and the way it's run, the coaches that he's got, the players around him, the talent on both offense and defense, you know, Sam Darnold could be a great quarterback in the right system. But again, I think it really just depends on the compensation that the Jets are looking for for it.
2: Yeah, totally agree. I think he's a very, you could say a dark horse option for this team, a quarterback, if they were to go in a different direction other than the draft or a guy like Matthew Stafford or, well, obviously it'll happen to Phillip Rivers, but if they do want to maybe keep Rivers around for a year, not use the draft, Darnold's anything to watch for if the Jets do decide to move a different direction come draft night. Next question here on our Twitter mailbag from our Lockdown Colts listeners is from, let's see, there's a, really some good ones here, from Theo Zacker from Zacher Theo on Twitter. Steven, who is an off-the-radar quarterback target that's awesome and you think could make a lot of sense? We just went over Sam Darnold, but is there any, any others out there that make sense to you?
0: Um you looking at you mentioned Matthew Stafford um he could be on his way out with Detroit uh somebody that the the rumor was thrown out a little bit was uh, Matt Ryan down in Atlanta um could be had that's not necessarily a a, a terrible move there I, I think uh i just don't see there there going to be a lot of like it's going to be hard to predict a quarterback move for the Colts that's not something that we've already really kind of talked about with like having either Philip Rivers back or you know going in and trading for either Darnold or Stafford um, there's a the yeah I just don't see anybody else really coming here I, obviously I'd love for it to be Deshaun Watson but let's be real guys as much as we would all love it and we would just give up a ton of picks to Houston There's no way Houston's probably trading Deshaun Watson intra-division to their rival that they'd have to play two times a year. Um, So I would love for it to be somebody like Deshaun Watson. um, But in terms of somebody that's under the radar, I just don't see anybody else really coming in and making a difference for the Colts uh, other than the ones that we've already really talked about.
2: Yeah, Matt Ryan can make sense. I mean, I could see that and if they really believe, like, a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson should start from day one and then they just do a full reset in Atlanta. And after they hire Titans off the corner, Arthur Smith, though, I think they're going to try to keep Ryan around, maybe try to see if they can trade back and see what happens there, or maybe just have a guy sit behind Ryan for a year and then try to move off, and that can make some sense. One name I'm going to toss at you, Stephen, because I feel like Frank Reich, we saw this year, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he likes using the short yardage guys. He likes taking Rivers off the field in the situation, because we all know flippers not used the quarterback sneak. Let's say you expand that playbook in the, the Brissette type playbook for like five, six extra plays. What do you think about Cam Newton in that kind of role?
0: I wondered if that's who you're going to bring up. Um, you know, in that type of role, I wouldn't hate it. I just think Cam Newton's going to want way more money than what the Colts are going to offer. Um, you know, if he signs again for like 4 million, um, 4, or 5 million, whatever he played for over in New England, then it's a great it, – it's really a great uh, opportunity for Cam Newton and, and for the Colts to get that type of, of quarterback because it's hard to replicate the size of Cam Newton, um, and he's still mobile enough. Um, I mean, to be fair, like anybody's more mobile than Phillip Rivers. Um, and so that, that he'd be a really good fit in that Jacoby Brissett role if that's the way that they wanted to go with it.
2: Yeah, something to watch for. I just imagine that – I don't even think he's going to be on their radar. I don't even know who would sign Cam Newton at this point because he had a really bad year in New England after a hot start the first month of the year. Just-
0: his shoulder yeah. shot. Like, that's that's the thing with him.
2: Yeah, his his arm is completely done. You have to put him almost in a percent type role, and I have to wonder if that does make sense for them if they let percent walk, which I imagine they will. They'll probably go in that direction. But let me ask you our next question. This is a quick and easy one here from Jose Ruiz at Jail Atlas LFC. Steven, <laughs> is there any chance Andrew Luck is back? I will close the door right away and saying I don't think there's any chance. It seems like from all indications that Andrew Luck's never going to play another down in the NFL. But let me ask you that: What do you think?
0: Um, I would love it if there were. There's none, uh, sadly, for Colts fans. I, he's done. It's it's that door is pretty much shut. You hear rumors every once in a while from somebody that know somebody that knows somebody that says oh well maybe he's he's gonna come back you know he's got a house there in Indy and and all that um but it, I I just don't see it guys I don't get your hopes up let's put it that way
2: yeah I think the Andrew Luck era is closed at this point I think people who are still hoping on for that return I think you just need to just, just maybe just take a step or two back and just say to yourself you know what it's time to just go get that new quarterback whether it be. A Matthew Stafford or whether it be a guy like in a draft like a Trey Lance or Zach Wilson I think the Andrew Luck era unfortunately is officially over in Indianapolis let me ask you here our next question from Kieran O'Toole Stephen do you think Phillippers can win us a Super Bowl if not who do you think can personally I'll start off here first I do not believe Philippers can win the Colts Super Bowl I know that might seem harsh to the way he played the last few months of the season but Watching Drew Brees last night and watching Tom Brady, I know those guys are very rare in the quarterback realm as far as playing as, as long as they have. But, man, seeing Drew Brees in his arm last night, it just really worries me that, let's say the Colts sign Rivers back to like a one-year $20 million deal. He plays well the first part of the year. Or even paid Manny, for example, in Denver. We saw that example. I'm just worried that if you bring up Phillip Rivers in his age 40 season, we might see a steep decline midway through the season. You're kind of stuck with your cooking the jar, so to say.
0: Yeah, I'll, I think that he can win you a Super Bowl, but you have to play perfect, um, and you, you got to get to the playoffs, and then you can't make a mistake. Um, and even then, you got to hope the other team makes a mistake. Because I mean, let's be real. And the the playoff loss to the Bills, they the Colts didn't. You know, they didn't make the big mistake. They didn't have any of the, the bad turnovers, um, and yet they still lost. Um, and so. I think Philip Rivers can win you a Super Bowl, but your margin of error is incredibly small. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I understand the the thought process on, you know, looking at Drew Brees the other night and just, it was cringeworthy to where you, you look at that and you go, your best option to win right now is with Jameis Winston, but you can't do that to Drew Brees and what could be his last game at the Superdome. Um, so, I see that Philip Rivers had a better year than than Brady and Breeze, I think. Um, you could argue Brady maybe had a better year, but it's it's right there. you know. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, that Rivers could give you that opportunity, but your margin of error just shrinks dramatically with Rivers back there versus a younger, more mobile quarterback.
2: I agree with you. I have to wonder if they do bring back Rivers next year. This kind of ties into our next question – just about wide receiver, and this is a 2 party here from at yeeyee1776 on Twitter. He said a lot of big decisions coming. Re-sign T.Y. or try to bring in a big free agent wide receiver or draft another good rookie wide receiver in round one. What do you think, Steven? I mean, I think we're in agreement that the draft's probably the least likely option there. I know there's really some good guys in this draft class who could fill a T.Y. type role or even bigger than that, like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, or even like a, if you somehow get in the range of like a Jalen Waddle out of Alabama, he makes some sense, but... I think it all comes down to this. We were just talking about this off the air before we started. For those who don't know, the Colts have five of these six wide receivers on their roster on contracts for 2021. The only guy now on the the roster currently is T.Y. Hilton. Zach Paschal is a restricted free agent, but I imagine the Colts will tender him. I don't really see a big market for Zach Paschal, so I imagine he'll be back next year on whatever tender they assign to him before free agency starts. So, Stephen, it really comes down to the decision from Chris Bower's point of view. Do you upgrade from wire receiver one with T.Y. Holmes? going to be 32 next year, who's lost a couple of steps? You have to admit that. Or do you go out and get a guy like a Kenny Galladay, a, a Allen Robinson, a Juju Smith Schuster, a Chris Godwin if he hits free agency? This is a big option for the Colts at wire receiver, team because you have Pittman, you have Campbell, you have Pascal on board, you have Dueling and Pem for special teams as well as de- further development purposes. So it's really either do you believe T.Y. still has the juice, Steven, or do you go out and get a, a guy in free agency that's a little bit uh, more high upside and younger?
0: Okay, so I'll answer it this way. Um, I think that they're going to be very measured with T.Y. And they might bring him back if the price is right on it. Uh, he certainly has slowed down this year, the past years, with with injuries last year and then this year. He he just didn't seem like the same player, um, with the exception of a couple games here or there. And you can't rely on that as your wide receiver one. I think over the course of the season, uh he had 762 yards. That's not much more than what Michael Pittman had. And Michael Pittman played for you know, less games than TY did this year. Um so I think given the scenarios, they're more likely to let him walk. And for me, I would I would prefer if they let him walk, um, didn't spend that money in there and they're spend that money elsewhere with a guy like, you know, a you mentioned Alan Robinson is one that, that's going to be available. Um, you're looking at a Kenny Galladay uh, that could be available. A Juju Smith-Schuster uh, could end up being available. Um, I want to say Chris Godwin also might be available. I'd have to look that one up. Um, but you've got a lot of great guys could be wide receiver ones. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily jump on signing TY right off the bat. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, Chris Godwin also is an unrestricted free agent. Um, so I would I would try to upgrade with one of those younger, younger players there to be the wide receiver one if you're going to go there. There's only a couple wide receivers that I would look at in the draft, at least early in the draft in that round one range, if I were going to look to try to replicate what T.Y. does. If for whatever reason Devonta Smith, because of his size, scares off, NFL teams, then I would say that he would be a guy that they would consider. Um, and remember, he was coming out of high school. They said he's too small to play wide receiver in in college in the SEC. And look, this year he won the Heisman Trophy and had one of the best wide receiver seasons in the history of the SEC and in college football. And so, if somebody like that is there, I could see them maybe taking a stab at it. Like you said, Jalen Waddle is another guy. Um, other than that, I don't see them really addressing it early in the draft. So I would probably say if we were doing the the pick one of three, I would say sign a, a free agent wide receiver, um, like an Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. And then the next option would be to bring T Y back at a relatively cheap salary. Um, and then the tough part, is, I don't think you're going to find out with T Y until, you know, a couple weeks into free agency, whether they're going to sign him. I think they're going to let him test the waters. Um, but if they can get a, an upgrade there at the wide receiver position in the draft, like a Devonta Smith or a Jalen Waddle, I think they they seriously consider it, um, even though they've got some more pressing needs at other positions.
2: When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. And also you could talk about hitting your new goals this upcoming year with Echelon. Echelon can only help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. The EX7S is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX7S connected bike is built for performance, flexibility, and durability in mind, and the EX7S is the bike for competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand student-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now you can train the Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfitness.com slash locked on. That's E-S-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash locked on. Echelonfit.com slash on.
3: Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes...
2: Next question here is at left tackle, and we have one here from Jack Brennan on Twitter, and he asked, who do you expect to replace Costanza at left tackle? Or Marceau, I think a better way of saying that is, who are maybe some good options out there, Steven, who could replace Anthony Costanza? Because we've already hit on this on the Costanza retirement episode, and maybe guys like Trent Williams make sense. Quinn Nelson at left tackle thinks out of the question. I think they're going to keep their future Hall of Fame left guard at where he should be at left guard. Either draft a guy in the first time, like a Liam Eikenberger or Dylan Radunes or Sam Cosby, one of those guys, or either a round two guys. This is a very deep left tackle class in the 2021 NFL draft. Even there's a plug-and-play guy out there, I think it makes a lot of sense. One name who I think actually really intrigued me now the more I think about it, Stephen, with the way how how, how how horrible they are in the cap management right now, even if Drew Brees retires, he, they're going to be way under the, in the red. I think over $100 million in the red. So there's going to be a lot of guys out the door. What, did you, what do you think about Teron Armstead? All-pro left tackle in New Orleans. He's only 29 years old. He's under contract with, I believe, for the next three or four years. It seems like a DeForest Buckner-type move to me, Stephen. You get another all-pro in the building for a first-round pick in New Orleans. They shut off even more cast space there as they start their reboot without Drew Brees. I really I really think – if I'm Chris Ballard, I, I think I'd approach New Orleans about Teron Armstead because it's like almost a DeForest Buckner-type move in the trenches on the offensive side because if you put Armstead in for Costanzo I think it might even be an upgrade from what they've had over the last couple of years.
0: I was going to say it might, might be an upgrade.
2: Um,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting idea. And that's a, a theory to look at when, when you're looking at the teams and where they're at in the salary cap, because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have to make some difficult decisions this year. The saints, you know, they're in salary cap, just H E double hockey sticks. Um, for next year. And they're going to make a lot of difficult decisions there to try to get under the cap, especially with Drew B is likely to retire. And so they're going to have a lot of cap money hit them all at once for next year. And they're not going to know what to do with it. So they're going to have to make some moves. And if Greg's or if um, Chris Ballard can sit there and get a, um, a starting left tackle for, you know, an all pro left tackle for a first round pick, it's hard to say no to that. And, I mean, given the situation, though, uh, quite honestly, given the situation with the New Orleans Saints right now, they can't really cut him because of the money that's going to accelerate under their cap, so they're more likely going to trade him. And if they do that, they're gonna, they might not even want a first-round pick back because of the money that gets tied up in that first-round pick. That you might be able to get him for a second-round pick with them being in a, a possible fire sale. I think if you're looking at left tackles that are on the market, um, Trent Williams, like we mentioned before, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Russell Okun, um, Cameron Robinson uh, out of Jacksonville, um, maybe not as as, maybe not as great of an option there, but it, it's somebody to consider, you know, Joe Haig could come back for the Colts, and, and you could still see them plug Danny Pinter over there um, and, and try him out in an offseason to see whether he, he can make it work. He's strong enough. And he's got the footwork, so you never know in that situation. Um, but I really like that idea of, of potentially trading for, for Taron Armstead. I think that's a great one. Um, when it comes to the draft, I think you know Rashawn Slater. If somehow he slides, I could see Chris Ballard grabbing him, or Liam Eikenberg. Uh, Dylan Redoons in in the second round is another guy that I think would be a great, great get for the Colts. I, I was ideally what I was hoping for is Castanza to play another year. They draft Reddons in the second round, and then they let Reddons kind of learn behind Castanzo for a year. But obviously, that didn't happen. Um, so I, I think probably if they can, if again, if Chris Ballard can swing a trade for the left tackle, and again, it kind of looked like he had like a twinkle in his eye when he talked about the the position in his in his uh, end of year press conference. So I think he's got a pretty good plan on on where he wants to go with it. Um, and so I'll just
2: be interested to see see what actually you know, evolves from it. Next one here is from Connor on Twitter. He asks, What's the odds that we trade back in this draft, knowing that we only have seven picks overall, the least amount in the Chris Ballard era? Do you think it's more likely that we trade back more so than trade ups do? And what's your thoughts on that logic?
0: Uh, I think it's like 80% we trade back, to be honest. Um, and, and here's, I, I might even plop that up higher to like 85, 90% uh, that, that the Colts trade back. And the reason why I say that is, uh, like like the the caller or the, or the questioner mentioned, they've got seven picks this draft. Every year, Chris Ballard talks about how there are about 12 to 15 guys that they kind of grade as first-round talents. And so you know that unless one of those guys is there at 21, um, which could happen, you see it happen every once in a while, those guys fall, and, and you just go ahead and grab them. Um, But I think the most likely scenario is the Colts see a bunch of guys that are pretty evenly ranked see an opportunity to pick up an extra second round pick or a future second or, you know, if you're lucky enough and you drop back far enough, maybe a future first. Um, And I I just see that the Colts and Chris Ballard are – I really think that it's a really high likelihood they trade back uh, in this draft to pick up an extra second or third round pick uh, because that's that's where Chris Ballard makes his – makes his money right there he he hits quite a bit in that second third round range
2: yeah and honestly steven if they let's say they do trip in this draft for a quarterback they can still move back their second third round picks and get more ammo on early day three even later on in that draft i think it makes sense they really have a lot of avenues they can go down and trading back in this draft makes a lot of sense to maybe the stockpile your future assets even more i know chris bauer loves doing that so definitely something to watch out for i'm still the camp that the culture tread trade for that franchise quarterback, if he does slip a little bit, but if the, if it's not on the table, I think trading back is a legitimate option. maybe even like you mentioned, Steven, a very good chance that were to happen. We have a couple questions here as well about the core position, Steven. So I'm just going to combine them all in the one right now. Okay. Where, are you, where are you leaning right now? As far as core position here uh, on the uh, evening of January 18th, uh, morning, January 19th, 2021. I mean, getting rivers comes back and the trade for a guy like Stafford, thing to draft someone. What's where are you leaning right now as we're just now beginning this offseason, Stephen? So
0: my gut is leaning that they re-sign Rivers and they roll with Rivers and Eason. Um, there. I think there's a part of me that that thinks that they're gonna they're gonna pursue every everything. So I don't think that they're gonna be like, all right, well, we're gonna we're just gonna bank on Phillip Rivers here. I think that they're going to go in and explore the trade options, see what it's going to cost to get a Sam Darnold because I mean, shoot, if you can get him for a round three pick round four pick. Yeah. You pull that trigger all day, every day um, in there to, to get a guy like that of his caliber. You go for a guy like Matt Stafford, who still has got quite a bit left in the tank. He's what, 32, 33 years old. So he's still relatively young for the quarterback position. Um, And you could go ahead and, and bring him in and, bring, go ahead and sign Kenny Galladay, then you've got that connection already made uh, between those two. Uh, but I honestly think my, my gut says that they're going to go Phillip Rivers, Jacob Eason into next season. The one thing that I I know trading up in the draft, um, the reason why I'm not so certain that he's going to, that Chris Ballard is going to trade up for a quarterback is because a couple of things that he said during his press conference, when he talks about, you know, you got to make sure you hit that quarterback and especially if you're trading up for it. And he talked about how those quarterbacks, he doesn't expect them to be there at 21, but that I know, obviously we talked about them trading up, but he also talked about how those quarterbacks all get pushed up because of the the nature of the position. And so I'm not certain that he's going to trade up for a quarterback um, because I, I just have a hard time thinking he's going to give up the necessary picks that would it, that it would take to get up there for it um so I think my my gut says it's going to be Rivers and Easton next year um but it's not like a strong feeling there uh it, it's more of a like a 51 percent you know Rivers Easton, and then like a 49 percent they either trade trade for a quarterback either Darnold or Stafford or they go and draft one
2: next question here is from matthew Scott who's your guy 20 on twitter he asks for you steven what current cult would you give the highest probability of being re-signed in free agency this offseason it's a tough one because there's honestly a lot of possibilities here you can go with
0: so the current Colt, there's i've got two answers to this because there's a current cult that i think that i'm most confident that they are going to re-sign and then there's a current cult that I think they should resign that I don't think they will. Um, so the current cult that I think that they will resign, and I'm pretty confident about, is Justin Houston. Um, just the way that Chris Ballard talked about him at, at all throughout the press conference and mentioning him and and what he brings to the table. I think that Justin Houston is the one that makes the most sense in terms of the the guys that they bring back. Uh, also, Janico Autry is a guy that they. They might. The guy that I think that they absolutely should bring back, but I'm not sure they will, is Xavier Rhodes. Uh, I thought Xavier Rhodes had a fantastic year um, this year playing in this defense. And he really played very like, – he just played so well this year um, for the Colts, and, and he earned his money. And this is one thing that we talked about when they made the signing last year is that if he played well, then the Colts have two options. They either go ahead and keep him, or they let him walk and try to get that compensatory pick in 2022. I feel like Chris Ballard at this point is going and, and going to let Xavier Rhodes walk and try to get that compensatory pick in 2022, even though I think that he should re-sign Xavier Rhodes, because I think he played great in this defense.
2: Colts fans, trust me when I say this, the Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have six new flavors to go along the original 18, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry Garcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're absolutely incredible. I actually had some new ones. The last couple weeks, they're amazing. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. The Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscious guy out there. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. For example, the Coconut Almond Bilt Bar has 18 grams of protein and only 5 grams of sugar. That's a great balance to keep you tighter throughout the day. And With a free course next next purchase as well, cold fans, while supplies last, go to buildbar.com and use promo code On L-O-C-K-A-D-O-N, You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-A-D-O-N, for 20% off at BillBar.com. Are you ready to make some bets? Whether it be the playoffs, the conference championships happening this weekend, the Bucks versus the Packers and Lambeau, or you want to bet on the Bills versus the Chiefs and Arrowhead, or even both of those in a parlay. Betonline.ag has you covered. They're the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You can sign today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% off welcome bonus. Whether it be NFL games, NBA games, college sports, anything in the sports realm, betonline.ag has you covered. Don't sit on the signs anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON, Edlo, to receive a 50% off welcome bonus for your first deposit. bet online your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I think Xavier Rhodes is one to watch for. I think there's going to be a number there. I don't know if it's around like 8 to $10 million, but if it goes over that, I imagine the Colts would go in a different direction. Maybe get a go after a veteran like a Richard Sherman or they draft replacement a in round one or early day two. That can make a lot of sense to me. I'm with you on Justin Houston as well. It's the way he was talking about him. I think Houston will be back. Not, I might not agree with it, so to say. He, I think he's just too inconsistent right now in his career. He tailed off pretty bad in the second half of the season. But for a one-year deal or something like that, or a two-year deal with the last year non-guaranteed, I'm all about that. Phillip Urz, of course, is the one that makes a lot of sense to me. Even Danico Autry can make a lot of sense. The rest of these guys, I think, are very – um, expendable. to I me, mean, maybe al Muhammad can make that list as well. He's a very under-the-radar great run star for this defensive line. He adds some death probably on a cheaper deal, but a lot of names here who make a lot of sense for this team in free agency, but the next one here is another free agent question from Nathan, and he asks, what's an under-the-radar move that you could see the Colts surprise people with this offseason? Something we may we may not see coming the, like the Buckner trade last year.
0: Honestly, now that you mention the trade with, with New Orleans, I think that that's a That's a really clever under the radar move um, to go get to an arms. I I think that that's just a fantastic move. And and it's such a move that Ballard would make in this situation. Um, uh, It's tough to predict um, what they're going to do right now because, you know, it's the middle of January. We don't know where cuts are going to be. We don't know where the salary cap's going to be. Um, we, we know that it's going to be dropping and we're going to know a lot of teams are going to have to make a lot of pretty difficult decisions. The Colts thankfully aren't one of those teams. And so they're going to be able to sign guys if they want to. Um, and for pretty reasonable deals, most likely one year deals. Um, and so that's kind of, of my thought process on it. You could see the Colts maybe potentially signing, trying to get an upgrade at like the edge rusher position. over at the defensive end, like a Yannick Ngakwe is is a guy that is going to be an unrestricted free agent this year, um, despite getting traded twice. So that you you've got some concerns there. Um you know you've got like a, a Solomon Thomas who was injured in the last part of the season that that they could possibly bring in. Um that that's kind of where I'm thinking is that if they were going to bring somebody in from the outside, you're probably looking at the defensive end position uh, or maybe the corner position. Uh, you mentioned Richard sermon earlier that's a that's a good good option. He's got great experience in this defense in this style of defense. Um, but I think the most likely scenario that is that Chris Ballard's going to potentially trade for somebody, um, and that's going to be the the under the radar thing that we don't expect to see coming. And I, like I said, I love that idea that you came up with, with uh, trading for you know, New Orleans Saints with, for that left-hack position.
2: Next question here, Steven. I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be something along the lines, like I mentioned, that armstead scenario, I'm really starting to love that the more I think about it. Maybe you can go out and get a, a bigger name free agent, even though maybe it's expected, but maybe go get an Allen Robinson for a bigger type deal, and, and they could get that done, which hasn't been done here in a while as far as really paying big at the steer position. I think that's something to watch for too, just if they do upgrade from T.Y. Hilton, they're going to, have to spend pretty big on that position, whether it be a Galladay, a Robinson, a, a Chris Godwin, whoever they want to go out, go out and get there. That can make uh, I think a lot of sense for them. But let's move on here to uh, our last question of the show. Really appreciate everyone. We're going to get to more questions here throughout the offseason. Of course, we grab some more mailbags throughout. Last one though, it's a very interesting one. It's about the way this team played this year for the Colts, and it's from not me on Twitter. He said, from one perspective, you could say the season was a success but with all the talent on this roster and with the teams probably playing down to the competition constantly, I see it as a disappointment. When it's to be done so that we stop playing even with teams like the Jaguars in
0: 2021? Um, and, and Honestly, it's got to be better coaching, um, to, to be honest. And, and so it's better co- – the tough part is when you make it a comparison to divisional games is – those, those are always tough. Um, no matter what the records are divisional opponents, for whatever reason, um, always tend to give, give your team a tough time. And that's, that's any division. Um, and so the, the, what you hope for is that over the course of the next year, over the summer, when they actually get a training camp, get a chance to, to work out together and, and build that chemistry, then the Colts are going to, come together and you'll see more like what you saw with Minnesota and the Jets game. And you see less of what you saw, um, you know, for example, the, the Jaguars game and, and different games throughout the year where the Colts really did just play to the level of competition. I mean, shoot, they took the Buffalo Bills who was now in the AFC championship game down to the wire. And it was the same team that two weeks prior just had a complete and utter collapse to a, like a, flailing Pittsburgh Steelers team. And so the inconsistency, that a lot has to go with coaching. And so you've got to get your players in a better position to succeed. Um so that's kind of where I'm at with that uh for for what you gotta hope for is that the coaches make sure that the players are better prepared and and that the players aren't complacent. Because you know when you get when you play up or down to your competition, that's kind of goes with motivation. And so that's kind of where you've got to hope for is that the coaching staff gets them motivated. And I think Frank Reich will and I think this coaching staff will get them going. Again, the tough part about this year and the unique thing about this year was that there was no training camp, there was no OTAs, there was no offseason program to really kind of get these players together. So to start the season, it's really difficult to to judge that because it really you know your week one week two games, it was were more like preseason games um than anything else because you're really trying to get yourself you and your team and feel it out to see where you're at see where you want to go and see what you got and so I think that this is something that hopefully with a full off season you know hopefully that the everything with with the coronavirus and COVID-19 will be able to be put behind us so then we can have a more regular year next year uh and I'll I think you'll see more of the Colts being dominant uh more often and and
2: less less so playing to the level of their competition good stuff there as always steven always appreciate having you on the show each week you guys go follow him on twitter if you're not already at nice read steve and go read and listen to his work as always over at stampede blue steven appreciate the time man thanks evan have a great one hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music